0: I was talking to Laura before the service this morning you want to know how do you know if you're on the front lines of God's battle you know what that is how do you know when you're doing God's work and you're on you're on exactly right when you're doing God's work God's way you can be assured the enemy is going to put up a fight And I don't know if many of you know Laura. I don't know her that well. I follow her on social media. I'm encouraged by her ministry, but she has suffered a lot of hardship lately. And I am convinced it's because she's doing exactly what God's called her to do. I'm gonna introduce her, but we're gonna show a short video before she actually comes up. Laura, would you stand as we welcome and honor you this morning. You welcome. (laughs)
1: Good morning. I have been using that video probably for about 11 years, and I never get tired of it. The awesomeness of our God, of our Creator God, and to think that each one of us sitting here today is an image bearer of the Almighty God. Um, I want to Thank pastor Jeff for inviting me and for inviting human life services in the past. Um, how many have heard of Abby Johnson, Abby Johnson, Abby Johnson, um, there was a movie about her story about three, four years ago, maybe called unplanned. And if you've never watched it, hopefully by now out on Amazon prime, it's free. I highly recommend that you watch that movie because that is the true story. We had Abby as our banquet speaker back in 2011, which was only about a a year, two years, after she saw, witnessed an ultrasound-guided abortion as a Planned Parenthood executive director and immediately knew she could not continue work there, working there. Her uh, fam- She came from a Baptist Christian family, and she immediately left Planned Parenthood. Uh, Planned Parenthood um, tried to place a gag order on her, and instead of gagging her, it catapulted her to the public eye, and she became uh it it would she her story just went viral and she started uh showing up on fox news and other news media for interviews so it had the opposite effect isn't that often how it happens and um anyway she had a conversation with a pastor one time that she shared on her facebook page probably about 10 years ago and that's why i'm thanking pastor jeff for for having human life services and talking about this from the pulpit, Uh, Abby said, um, she had a conversation with a member of the clergy and she said, I grew up in a pro-life Christian home, but I never once heard my preacher talk about abortion. The pastor said, I preach about abortion every year during Respect Life Month and the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. And Abby said, it's not enough. About 70% of women who have abortions come from the church. And the pastor said, but Abby, really, how often do you think I should be preaching about abortion? To which she replied, I don't know. But I will say that when I worked at Planned Parenthood, it was not uncommon for a woman to be holding a rosary or a Bible in her hands while she laid on the abortion table. So you tell me, how often should you preach about abortion? This issue isn't going away, is it? <laughs> Thank God it's not going away. Well, I would like to do a little bit of audience participation today so that you don't go asleep on me. And um, hopefully you got one of these little sheets. Test your knowledge. If you didn't, there's some on the back table there. Is there anybody that did not get it? Because I actually have prizes. So I would like you to take about five minutes. We don't want to take a lot of time with this. And I want you to um, put the alphabetic letter where you think it should go along this arrow. And I'll get you started. Um, Let me see. The letter E says, heart is beating. And that happens right about here. So you would just write the letter E right between where it says conception and six. So I'm giving you that first answer. But just write the alphabetic letter along this arrow where you think it should go. And you have five minutes from right now. Okay, time's up. Now, on your honor, you're going to hopefully correct your own paper, and hopefully my prizes work out. If they don't, I'll have to figure something out, but I'm going to give you the answers, and if you would like, you can uh, mark the correct answer on your paper, but just keep track of how many you got uh, wrong, and we'll see, we'll go from there. Okay, so let's see. I think we're going to go from the beginning and go across this arrow, all right? So the letter K, if you were paying attention to the video, you should have known the answer to that. Um, Hair and eye color, fingerprints, height, skin tone, personality are developed that's decided at conception, So the letter K at conception. Five weeks from the LMP, and LMP is described in the uh, first paragraph, which is 21 days after conception, the letter E, which is what I gave you, the heart beats. As well as the foundation for every organ system is now in place 21 days after conception. Six weeks from LMP, or four weeks after conception, the letter L, brain and spinal cord, is in place. Seven weeks from LMP, or five weeks after conception, D, the baby is making its own blood. Eight weeks from LMP, or six weeks after conception, there's actually three, tricked you there. G, elbows and fingers can be seen. F, the baby can move its trunk and limbs. And C, taste buds are forming on the tongue. 14 weeks from LMP, or 12 weeks after conception. B, a baby can suck its thumb. Swallow and urinate. 16 weeks from LMP, or 14 weeks after conception, the letter I, eggs form in girls' ovaries, and that is all she will ever have for the rest of her life. I was thinking about that last night. My mother just passed away this past November, and I was just thinking about this whole life issue from conception to natural death. And I thought, my mother, in my grandmother's womb, her ovaries formed all of the eggs that they would ever form for my, entire, my mother's entire life, her 91-year life, while she was still in my grandmother's womb. And out of that, I and my brother came. Isn't that amazing? 18 weeks from LMP, 16 weeks after conception. A, a baby can blink and frown, so it has reflexes. 22 to 24 weeks from LMP, or 20 to 22 weeks after conception, two things. H, a baby can be startled. And J, it recognizes its mother's voice, breathing, and heartbeat. 24 weeks from LMP, or 22 weeks after conception, M is the end of legal, the legal time limit for abortion in Pennsylvania, which the slide you're seeing shows you the red bar. That's the legal limit for abortion in the state of Pennsylvania, and everything that we just talked about has happened well before that 24 weeks. That gives you a picture and uh, actually Pennsylvania has been considered one of the more quote unquote conservative states when it has come to its abortion laws. Uh, There's been a lot of pressure to change that as I'm sure you know. Well for all of those who are going to read scriptures it's your time to participate. We know how much God values life. And I have seen this uh, so vividly and in so much more, um, an even broader view of the sanctity of life because of the passing of my father, and then about 14 months later, my mother. And about three weeks after my mother passed, my brother suddenly passed. a day, probably three days before Christmas this past year. And um, I was there for each one of them when they passed. Um, And I have to tell you that to see that the beauty of a life well lived um, with all of our flaws, knowing that God has redeemed them, that God took them home. wow, he gave his life, he gave his son, because we bear his image, because he loved us that much, and we have that kind of hope. And they were, God knew their destiny, each of them, and knows each of our destinies before we were ever conceived. So God values human life. So first of all, at the beginning stage, Genesis 127, he created you in his image and with great purpose. So who has Genesis 127 just it out there? So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Amen. I had a sweet little dog, too, Molly. And she was 16 and a half years old. And she passed... Uh, right before my mother died, but I have to tell you, as much as she was like my fur child, I know that there are some of you in this audience who know exactly what I mean. She was my baby, and as much as I dearly, dearly loved that dog, there was no comparison because God didn't create her in his image. He created you and me in his image. Psalm 139, 13 to 16. Amen. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, says
0: the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope.
1: And Luke 1:44. So we know from all those examples, the last one being Elizabeth, when she came in contact with Mary. And both of them were pregnant, with Elizabeth, Elizabeth with John and Mary with our Savior. And John leapt inside her, of her womb. So we know it was a living, a living being who responded to his Savior, who was also in the womb at the time. God calls believers to value each other. John 13:34. Who has that one? So now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. You should
0: love each other.
1: John 15:12. Philippians
0: two
1: three Do selfish ambition or but in others better than First Peter four eight. Of us, deeper, a of Ephesians five twenty one. Amen. gets a little harder, doesn't it? God commands us to honor each other as believers in Christ because we are image bearers, and he wants us to show each other that honor. That's not always easy, is it? But we see by his word that we are commanded to do this. Now here's where it kind of really gets tough. God even calls us to love our enemies because they were made in His image too. What does Matthew 544
0: say about that?
1: Yes, I don't like that one. I got to be honest with you, and i've I've told the Lord that. but they were made in His image too, and he has a reason. For us to pray for them. He wants to redeem them too. So I have to tell you, I've been at Human Life Services now for almost 12 and a half years, and Pastor Jeff is right, I'm getting ready to retire. I thought only old people retired. I can't believe it, but I am old enough to retire. And like Medicare and Laura, I say in the same sentence these days, I can't believe it. But I looked down over these last 12 and a half years and I I thought, I reflected a little bit and I thought, what what would would something be that I'd like to share with you, Uh, a body of believers? And I get this comment or question a lot from Christians and maybe you've even wondered it And honestly, so did I. I just don't understand how a woman could kill her own baby. I have to admit. I have to admit. That was me. I didn't understand that. But I want to discuss just a little bit some things that I've experienced over the years. My first year that I was there, I started in January, and we had an open house during on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. So people could come and just tour our facility, and we could take, take them around and show them what we do. And uh, there was a lady that called me ahead of time and said, I really want to volunteer, so I want to come. I said, come to the open house, and we can meet. So I was taking her a tour all throughout the building. And it was just she and I by the time we got to the third floor. It's an old Victorian building. And she was crying. And we're standing up in the hallway of the third floor. And I was telling her about some of the history of our building, which I think I've shared with you before, that the building that Human Life Service has, has been in ever since 1995, for the, fir- for the 10 years prior to us moving in, was an abortion clinic and I said that to her and I said this, you know, what, isn't this an amazing redemption of a building for life and she was sobbing by this time and she said, I thought this place looked familiar. She had her abortion, she had chosen abortion in the very building that she was taking a tour through. I never forgot that, and there have been countless times ever since when I've spoken in churches and talked about the crises that women face, that women have come up to me afterwards, and some did not even want to breathe the word. I can remember a woman coming up to me after church one day, and she looked both ways to make sure that nobody was close to us. And she said, I did that. I did what you're talking about. I was taking another couple of ladies a a tour through the facility a few years back. Both Christians serving actively in their church in their, um, their early 60s, and at one place I was just making conversation as I was taking the tour, and I I turned to them and turned to the one lady and said, do you have children? And she said, no. Later, she pulled me aside and said, "Can can I come see you? So she came within the next couple of days, sat in my office, and sobbed. She was 62 years old. And 40 years after she had her abortion, she sat broken in my office. She'd never had another child after that one. And you can imagine, you can imagine the the emotions that women go through. And men, by the way. The guilt that she felt, the shame, the secrecy that she lived in. Because here she was. She was a born-again Christian, loved Jesus with all of her heart, lived with this secrecy and this shame for over four decades. She went through our post abortion recovery. And I literally, after she went through that, when I see her now, she still volunteers with us, and the very countenance on her face is different. You know, we, um, I'm sure there's some women maybe here in this audience that were surprised by pregnancy. Maybe you. We're finished having children, and then, oh my goodness, you found out you were pregnant. Or you only wanted two kids, and here, oh no. And there was a surprise pregnancy. But I would imagine that for anyone here that experienced that, even though you were surprised and and just shocked, and how are we going to do this? I, I wasn't planning for this it's a different season of my life. Once you adjusted to it, you received that as a blessing. And I'm sure, I've talked in other churches and I know women shaking their heads, yes, oh yes, you would not want to live without that child who at one point was a surprise that you weren't expecting, didn't really want. But you received it as a blessing, and you embraced that child. And that child became an integral part of your family. But what if, what if a woman was a victim of domestic violence? Or what if her boyfriend just abandoned her when she told him she was pregnant? What if a woman has never known an intimate physical relationship with a man, except in the context of a rape? And so she thought that was normal. And what if she was a Christian, but she chose a bad relationship and ended up pregnant? You know, one in six women who have had abortions identify themselves as born-again Christians. All of these scenarios that I just named are things that we have seen. These are the situations that women have found themselves. You know, we would be tempted to believe what we see on the news, that anyone who wants to choose abortion, they have to be one of those people, those women that are jumping up and down and screaming, it's my body, my choice, don't you dare tell me what to do. That's not the case. I think that's a, that's a fringe of the women who are truly out there facing abortion decision and not knowing where to turn. But that's why Human Life Services and pregnancy centers like ours exist. We're called to walk alongside those women, be that life-affirming coach, to be that cheerleader, walking with her through the pregnancy. We help to connect her with resources in the community. We're teaching her about prenatal development, preparing her for pregnancy. We're teaching her about infant care. We're trying to give her the tools that help her to become the best parent that she can be. Sometimes her significant other comes, too. And we teach a practical fatherhood class, as well. You know, we're called to be that good Samaritan. Remember the good Samaritan, ministering to those who are feeling half dead, like that man in the Bible who was laying along the road, half dead. That Samaritan ministered to that man who was lying there bleeding and dying. He didn't first say, huh, I don't know if this person deserves to be helped. I don't know what he did. Or maybe he knew. What if he knew and said, oh, well, he deserves everything he got. I'm going to pass them by. No, we're not called to be that. We are called to be that good Samaritan. I'd like to read, um, I'd like to tell you really about um, a story of one of our volunteers. She's a young woman in her early 20s. Her name is Tori, and I actually tried to get her to come with me, and she's out of town today. But um, I'm telling you her story because Tori was raised in an Assembly of God home, in a good Christian church, she went to Christian school, and though she accepted Jesus as her savior as a kid, she really didn't take it that seriously. She met and began dating her high school sweetheart in 11th grade into her freshman year of college, and she thought this was going to be the guy for her, she was going to marry him, And she wrapped her whole entire identity and purpose for living up in the sky until one day he he abruptly dumped her told her he didn't love her and never wanted to marry her and she was devastated and instead of running to god in this situation she tried to find her identity in sinful living and she sunk so deep it was to the point where she tried to commit suicide and was hospitalized. Well, she improved and got better. And soon after that, she met a guy who was mentally abusive. So she had not taken all this hurt and pain to the Lord. She was vulnerable to his bad treatment. And soon she found herself pregnant. Her boyfriend told her she needed to abort this baby. And from here, I'd I'd like to just read the rest of her story from her own words. She said, I told my boyfriend at the time that I was pregnant, and he told me, you are not having this baby. We are not even close to being ready to take care of another life. We have no money, no house, no steady job. You need to abort this baby. You are not ready to be a mom. Tori said, I stood there, my ears numb from the words he just said. It hurt me because I knew it was wrong, but he sounded so right. I decided that I didn't want this baby either. It would just be a headache and hardship in my life. It would be too difficult. I did not want to be with this guy and I didn't want a child that reminded me of this terrible relationship. She says, I called Planned Parenthood to make my appointment and they told me that I would have to come in for a consultation first which was a short video that was played to me on a laptop, alone, inside a room. I felt so numb after it explained the different types of procedures that are offered to abort the baby, or as they call it, a fetus, depending on how far along your pregnancy is. I left that room feeling overwhelmed with evil and just truly shaken up. I walked outside to my baby's father, and I was as I was walking out the doors, a man was standing on the sidewalk, and handed me a flyer begging me to consider what I am doing. The baby's father grabbed it out of my hand and crumpled it, saying, she won't be needing this since we already know what we're doing. I told him that I felt like I might want to keep the baby, and he laughed at me and said all the things he had said to me when he found out I was pregnant. So I made the appointment to end my baby's life. I didn't want to go through being a mom alone, and I did not want to give this baby a terrible life. The day of my appointment, a family friend that I used to babysit for asked me if I could watch her kids for a little in the morning because the babysitter she had canceled at the last minute. I said yes, but I told her I needed to leave for an appointment at a certain time. After spending the morning with her son, I heard this voice in my head saying, See, you can do this. Now I know that voice was God. I made the decision to not show up to my appointment. I gave the baby's father the money he had given to me to abort our baby, and I finally told my parents I was pregnant. After some tears and disappointment, they offered to help as much as they could and let me stay with them and help me raise my son for the first year of his life. I started to read my Bible during my pregnancy and felt God like never before. He felt so alive compared to the Christianity I grew up with. Oakland was born on February 4th, and my life was forever changed. He is now four years old, and I cannot imagine life without him. There's just something so beautiful and pure about birth. It hurts too much to think what I would have missed out on if I had chosen a different path. And not only what I would have missed out on, but also him. A few months after I gave birth to my beautiful son, Oakland, God blessed me with an amazing and godly man, Colton, who is now my husband. He found hope for life through Jesus Christ while we were dating, and I rededicated my life to God. Oakland's biological father decided he did not want any part of Oakland's life. And I am so happy to say that my husband Colton is currently in the process of adopting Oakland to legally be his son. We are just so excited to officially share our last name with our son. We welcomed our baby girl, Brooklyn Grace, this, January 20, this past January, 2021. And she is such a blessing to our family. God is truly so good. He will have his way with us even when we can't see this possibility. In my life, I made a mistake, but God did not. God never makes mistakes. He planned out my son before I ever knew him. What a beautiful story. I had never met Tori's children until about two weeks ago. And I said, before I retire, please bring your kids in. And this is Oakland and Brooklyn. And I have to tell you, there is something incredibly special about both of those children, but especially Oakland, and what a testimony he has of how his mother chose life for him. And maybe you or someone you know made that kind of mistake. It's amazing how close we are to people who have made an abortion decision in the past. But Tori can tell you that God still has a plan for your life, for that person's life who chose an abortion in the past. He knew, he knew about your sin and your mistakes before you were ever born. And he provided the way through Jesus. And this is what we love to do, is to tell women, God has a plan, young woman, for your life. And God has a plan for your baby's life. And that is why we exist. And I just hope you'll consider, consider this uh, issue more deeply than you ever have. And I know that you know what's going on in the news and. Pray for this upcoming Supreme Court decision and pray for the the safety of those Supreme Court justices whose lives, their very lives and their families' lives are being threatened if they choose, if they vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. So I just ask you to pray for this and pray for human life services that God will protect us. We are one block away from Planned Parenthood. And I can tell you it is getting more and more contentious and hostile and heated. So I just ask you that you pray for us. Pray for, we have a new executive director who's starting tomorrow. And just pray for her. She's she's going to be leading this organization and she is just going to need so much wisdom and so much strength going into the future in leading this organization. So just keep us in your prayers. You know, Satan hates life. He truly does. He hates physical human life because we're image bearers of God, and he hates that. And he hates spiritual life. So however he can seek to destroy us, he will do it. Proverbs 31, 8 to 9 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and for the rights of all who are destitute. So I thank you today for for just your attention and for um, everyone who read a scripture. Would you stand? I totally forgot. I had a prize for you, too. After church, you can come up and you can get your very own ice cream scoop that says Human Life Services, and that way you will remember every time you eat ice cream this summer to pray for HLS, okay? So they're up here. And I just want to thank you again so much for your your attention and the time that you have given to me today. You may be seated. And God bless you all. May you just um, pray about ways that maybe you can consider getting involved in HLS. We could really use a good uh, building and grounds maintenance kind of fix-it sort of guy for minor things. And if, uh, if you know any guys that might fit that, uh, that description, or if you do, uh, give us a call. Let us know. Thank you so much. God bless you, Pastor.
0: Our rushes would come. We're going to receive a love offering for them. You know, Laura mentioned that we as humans are created in God's image. Satan can't kill God, but he wants to kill those made in God's image. but our God is bigger let's pray Father thank you thank you that we have a Savior who loves us and who forgives us of our sins Lord as Paul said Lord we are the chief of sinners but God your grace is more more than our sin can be your grace can cover our sins. So Father, I pray for those here. I don't know, maybe you've been through that experience. The Bible says there's no sin that God can't forgive. God wants to restore that relationship with you. If you've had that experience, God will wipe that slate clean for you. God, is that gracious. As we receive these tithes and offerings, I pray that you would just multiply them beyond measure and allow us to use these funds for the furtherance, not only of your kingdom, but the furtherance of life in York county. Bless the gift, Lord. Bless the giver. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. After they receive the offering, I'm going to Ask Lord to come up. We're going to pray for her, and she says she's retiring. And it's a whole new step for you, right? What are you going to do now? Sleep for a little while. Yeah. But we're going to pray for her. We're going to pray for HLS, the new director, and that God is able to, as I've said, stop this abomination. You read in the Old Testament. There's a, the god Molech. God hated it, hated it, because they sacrificed kids to this god. Imagine how much God hates what happens. You realize the grace of God. You don't, know, you don't know the grace of God until you realize the, gra- the horror of the sin. Horrible sin. But God's grace is more sufficient than that. We sing about amazing grace. And, and for, for women who have struggles, and, I, and we know. But God's grace is sufficient for that. God's grace will overcome that. And God wants them to come to know Christ. Regardless of the decision they made in their life. God can redeem them. He redeemed the building. He can redeem the life. Would you come up and pray? I'm going to ask the ladies to come forward. I'm going to stand in the middle. We're going to pray for you. guys if you would stand in agreement with us father we thank you we thank you for your goodness to us how good you have been to us but father we now pray for for Laura as she takes this next step in her life lord you would bless her for all the sacrifices she's made for this tremendous organization or the struggle she's gone through in her personal life and I believe it's because she's on the front lines of your work And I pray as she takes this next step, that you would just bless her, give her the rest, let the Spirit of God direct her next step. I pray that you would use her in a tremendous way. Work's not done yet, Lord. And I pray that you would just direct her where you would have her to go. And Father, we pray for the new director coming in, that Lord, you would give her wisdom and direction as well, that you would give her divine protection. Surround the building with your angels, Lord. Guard them as they seek to do what your will is. I pray that you just protect them. I pray that, God, you would allow them to be used to reach people with the gospel of Christ. All these ladies who come in and even some of the dads that come in, as she said, there's the majority of them just are searching for answers, and I pray that, God, you would give them that answer. Allow them to see that Christ is the answer in this situation, that, Lord, you would turn around what the enemy meant for evil, use it for good. Bless that organization, Lord. Bless all those pro-life organizations out there, Lord, and help us as Christians who may not be involved in that at all, help us to always put that in the forefront of our mind, that there is a spiritual battle going on, Lord, and we have the ability to conquer it through prayer and trusting that God, you can win that battle. So, Father, I commit, Laura to you as she takes a step. I commit HLS to you as they continue to do your work on the front lines. Protect them, direct them, provide everything they need, Lord. Your word says you know what we need even before we ask. So, Lord, I pray that you just provide boundably for them and allow them to see the blessing of God and let many women come in and have their lives changed by what they do face to face on the front lines of this world. So Lord, we commit them all to you in Jesus' name and we thank you for it now. And everyone said, Amen. amen, amen, amen. Would you give the Lord a praise offering?